This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's the Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is an Emmy Award-winning actress, director, and activist you know from Ugly Betty and Superstore. Her Netflix series, Hentified, has just returned for its second season. Please welcome back to The Late Show, America Ferrera. Hey. It's so nice to see you again. Oh my gosh, it's so it good has to been be back. forever. We have not Ever. talked uh, in, on, you know, in front of a camera since 2018. I can't believe that. And since then, uh, you have had a baby girl, Lucia. Lucia. That is wonderful. Congratulations. <laughs> Second. She's, she's number two. Number two. She was born May 2020. All right, great. I was seven months pregnant when mm-hmm. quarantine began. And she has a lot of 2020 energy. She sure. is um, fierce and sort of unrelenting. And mm-hmm. she bites occasionally. And Sure. It has... Uh, I, I can't believe this. has flown so fast. Ugly Betty premiered 15 years ago. You've changed a little. <laughs> and what what do you remember about getting that gig? Because oh what God. I mean, how did you find out that you were going to be the lead Ugh. in this show? I was I was 21. Um, I was doing an off Broadway play called Dog Sees God. Mm-hmm. It was a two day show. I was in between shows. I was going around the corner to get a pizza because that's what was cheap, and I like didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got the phone call while I was like having a slice of pizza in between shows off Broadway. And it was, like, I mean, obviously life-changing on so many levels. When did you know the show was a hit? I mean, you know, it, I was working so hard, and I was on a soundstage, like, 20 hours a day. You don't really have time. You're you in a bubble. You don't really have... You're in a bubble. You don't have the concept of, like, yeah, I guess people are watching this. We were sort of, like, you know, 17 million people watched a premiere. Like, what does that even mean? That's just a number. But I think the first time I, like realized what it means to be on television, like in people's living rooms all around the world. I was traveling, I was on a vacation with my my now husband, then boyfriend, and we were like in Italy and we were going to look, we were going to Murano, which is a tiny little island where they blow colorful glass. And it was like, oh, this is so nice, we're getting away. And I was on this tiny little island and the woman said, ugly Betty. And she, you know, I was 
on a tiny island in Italy and someone recognized me and I thought, um, I was like, I can't believe this and also I'm gonna have to buy some colored glass now because <laughs> she was such a fan <laughs> and she like, you know, people think you're on TV and you have a lot of money, but everything she showed us was like a $20,000 Boston Terrier. And I was like, what? I So I left with this $600 menorah and I'm not Jewish, <laughs> but like, but, but it I felt bet it's like, lovely. I bet it's lovely. But now menorah is my my husband's code word. Like for, when some for like eject. Like do not get. <laughs> like do not get. This, let, don't let this person upsell you. But I didn't want the twenty thousand dollar Boston Terrier, so I went for the menorah, and sure. I gave it to my friend Sarah, who sends me a lovely picture every Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely lovely. So it had a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> now. Uh, you've been so politically active, um, you know, uh, working to empower other Latinos. And I'm just wondering, like, many people are politically active in, in voting years. Mm-hmm. How do you keep that going between the times when it's sort of in the public consciousness not as much? Yeah, well, I think those are the times where it's the most important to, to engage communities and engage people. Because, look, I feel like... I've had the experience of, I could set my clock every two months before an election. You know, people think it's enough to like pull out Ugly Betty at a rally and be like, buenos dias, Ugly Betty está aquí, go out and vote. Like that, that, that's like a winning strategy, you know? And it's, you know, not, yes. shocker. Yes. And, and if, I think what I've learned being out there registering people to vote, trying to get people to vote, is that it's not about people's vote, it's about people's lives. And people understand when things are transactional Mm -hmm. and you're just there to get a vote a couple months before a campaign. Communities need sustained engagement, they need education, they need, they need to deeply understand how their vote is tied to their lives, to their health insurance, to their education, uh, to, their, to their neighborhoods. Um, and I think it's the work we do in a non-election year that determines what happens in an election year. What? Yes, absolutely right. America Ferreira, why aren't you running for office? Oh, God. Why are you running for office? (laughs) 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 We'll run together. We'll run together. (laughs) Exactly. But come on, President America? I mean, it's... It it writes itself a little bit. It kind of does. It kind of does. Now, your show, uh, Hentified, is back for season two. Congratulations for that. That's always a very good feeling. On Hentified, you're both uh, directing... And executive producing. That's right. So what's the show about, and what can we expect this yeah. year? Yeah. Hentified is a dream come true for me as an executive producer, as a director. I directed three out of the eight episodes this season. Um, the show is about a family, the Morales family in Boyle Heights, a small, predominantly Mexican-American community in Los Angeles. And it's about this family, and it's about their joy, and it's about love and humor. And at the center of this season, the end of season one, Spoiler alert, go watch it, um, is that Pop, who we know and love and who the whole family's been fighting to keep his taco shop open, gets picked up by ICE. And we learn when, when his family learns that he is, in fact, undocumented. And so season two is about him not knowing what his fate is going to be. And uh, Pop is played by the incomparable Joaquin Cosio. You know him from Narcos, Mexico. You know him from a million things. He's like our Marlon Brando. He's brilliant. Um, and it's just this story about 
uh, about humanizing the families and the lives and the people behind what most people know as like headlines and statistics. But it's a comedy drama and it's uh, hilarious and has style and will make you laugh and cry. And I, it for me is a dream come true as someone who started in this industry 20 years ago um, and was asked to speak with more of an accent and there, were, there weren't, you know, roles for someone like me when I began. And so to come full circle 20 years later to get to create executive produce and direct shows that create that opportunity for so many Latinx talented creators is really a dream come true for me. Well, congratulations on the second season. Season two of Hentified is on Netflix now. America Ferreira, everybody. Coming up, Shailene Woodley. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. is a Golden Globe-nominated actress who starred in The Fault in Our Stars and the Divergent series. Please welcome Shailene Woodley. How's it? Uh, How is it? Yeah, hi. It's great. (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm good. This is a beautiful dress. Thank you. And you've recently been made an admiral, I see. I love... (laughs) I like it. It really gives gives you a little authority there. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, thank you. It's not mine, but it's I not... agree. I think it's really pretty. This isn't too. mine either. <laughs> um, uh, I was warned before I met you that you're. You were a... warned. I was That's... warned that you're a hugger. I was warned yes. that you're a hugger, and I got a great hug from you over there. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. It was beautiful. I Thanks didn't want for it, hugging I didn't me want back. It to end, you know? That would have been weird if you hadn't hugged me back. <laughs> I just hug you, and you just stand there. <laughs> where's Where's the hugging come from? It's a very full and loving hug. I was actually just talking to someone back there. I feel like, especially in this industry, you meet someone for five seconds, and there's like a handshake and a hi, how are you? But no one's really actually listening to how you are, or they just say good, not good. It's actually, I feel like we do that a lot in life now, especially with our phones and technology. There's not a lot of real interaction, so maybe it has something to do with that, or maybe I just don't like shaking people's hands because then your hands get all grimy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really want to use some excuse. Purell right now. <laughs> but we didn't Did you grow up as like a, a hugging family? Did you, it was, like, was it encouraged at home? Um, no, I mean, not kids. Make sure when you go to school today that you hug everyone in class. 
No. But we had to hug each other. Like, I, I'm one of 11 kids, and we had to hug each other. Really? We couldn't fight. We had to end every fight with a hug. Okay, so fighting, my dad, both my parents are psychologists, and my brother and I, we fought a lot as kids um, over silly things. And there was this one time in particular, my dad made my brother and I sit on our front lawn. I grew up in suburbia, so we knew every neighbor for mm -hmm. 40 homes down. We had to sit on the front lawn with our legs crossed, hugging each other for what felt like four hours. It was probably 30, 45 minutes until we You had to got hug over. each other for 30 to 45 minutes? We had to hug each other. My dad would come out every 10 minutes. Have you worked it out yet? Have you said you're sorry? And eventually, my recollection is that my brother and I just agreed to say, let's just tell him that we worked it out. And then we can leave. So. Wow. Do you, incur do, do, do you recommend that kind of parenting? Are you going to do that with your children? <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of hilarious, right? <laughs> like, you make your kids hug each other. <laughs> yeah, well, we, my family, brothers and sisters, whatever, we dad. had to hug and kiss. We were not allowed to leave the spot where the fight was happening. Un until until you that. hugged it out yep. and kissed until it Until we hugged it out, yeah. Hug and kiss, that was it. Had to. And yeah. did that just become routine, or was it, did we you actually get over it? We learned to pretend. Yeah, exactly. You learned to pretend. We learned to pretend to love each other. Yeah, exactly. And that's how many families get along. <laughs> How's it worked out for you? <laughs> Fantastic. We still pretend to love each other. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> well, you're very interested in the environment. Um, uh, I want to show oh. this photo. You cool with us showing this oh, photo yeah, right we here? Can show that photo. This is, I thought perhaps at first you were auditioning for Orange is the New Black, <laughs> but this is you actually having been arrested at the Standing Rock protest. Yes. All right. Now, there's a lot. There's, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I wish I had known that this was going to be as public as it was. I would have made like a face. I feel like I'm just, I'm looking at the person like, are you, are you kidding me right now? I think there's a fairly, <laughs> fairly good face. If I was arrested and put in an orange jumpsuit, I wouldn't look as serene as you do there. I think that's a really good choice. Now, uh, explain to me, because I know there have been several protests out in uh, the north of the American Plains over development on tribal lands. Specifically, explain Standing Rock to us. So Standing Rock has been, uh, the tribe of Standing Rock has been opposing this pipeline since 2014. Um, and last year, starting around September, thousands of people flooded uh, to the reservation to protest this pipeline. And we got the Army Corps of Engineers under Obama's administration to deny the easement so they couldn't drill. Mm -hmm. And as we've all maybe heard in the last few weeks, there uh, has been an executive order from Trump's administration saying that they were going to go ahead with the easement anyways and start drilling. So do the protests continue, or is it sort of a... So there are protests. Now? There are pro The protests at Standing Rock is continuing. People are still there. Um, but the thing that I like to sort of start talking about now is that the front lines don't necessarily have to be in North Dakota. The front lines can be wherever you are. You can create a protest in New York City. You can create a protest because protests are about creating awareness and about people coming together. And I think one of the biggest ways that we're going to defeat this pipeline, more so than um, even protesting on the front lines, if that's not your steez, is to divest from these big banks that are invested mm -hmm. in the pipeline. And that's not just about banks that are invested in the pipeline. It's about banks that are invested in the, you know, the ban on immigration, all of these things. Uh, so there will be a website up in the next few days called howtodivest.org, and you should check it out. So did you actually... Did you actually go to the old uh, Gray Bar Hotel for this? Were you actually thrown in jail? <laughs> I was, yeah. Okay. What did you, was it one of those things where you just went into the, the yard and just punched the biggest person you can see? Like, what was it? <laughs> how long were you there? 
Um, I was only, the, I was lucky. My mom was actually with me in North Dakota that day by happens chance. It was her first time there. Mom, what are you doing in North Dakota? <laughs> she was out there um, to actually participate with this uh, powwow in Rapid City, South Dakota. Anyways, we were up in North Dakota. I was Facebook living. I got arrested. I handed her my phone and I was like, keep recording. And the look on her face was, one, she, wasn't, she wasn't there. She was shocked. I can't imagine actually what it would be like to watch your daughter be um, handcuffed did and taken away. At any point did she say, I want you to hug it out with the police officer? <laughs> okay? This is on you. Well, uh, now you're in, uh, it's a, it's a mini-series. It's a new show on HBO called Big Little Lies with Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. You were all intimidated like a freshman with, like, the seniors around the lunch table with those two? Um, I wasn't intimidated. I was really excited. I was a little bit afraid that I was going to break into a Moulin Rouge song. Uh, because I love musicals and I love Moulin Rouge. And, and that would um, make Nicole Kidman uncomfortable? Well, maybe it would make me really uncomfortable. I think probably more than her. Uh, but you, you kind of want to keep those lines between art and reality separated a little bit. But I was, I would find myself singing like the elephant love song medley and have to check around and make sure Nicole wasn't there. Well, the show is about, it's, it's women in a well-heeled California town and you are new to the town. I think we have a clip here. Uh, can, can you set this up, what we're looking at here? Yeah, so my character does move to Monterey, California and feels out of place um, being a young mother amongst so many well-established uh, mothers. And she expresses her vulnerability in this clip about what it's like. Jim? It's like I'm on the outside looking in. Or like, you know, like I, I see this life and this moment and it's so wonderful, but it doesn't quite belong to me. Make any sense? Yeah. Are you following them? Yeah. Then, like, I look at you, and you're so beautiful. That's oh. true. And I'm not saying that to embarrass you at all, but it is true. You are, and so are you. And I agree. <laughs> you guys are just right. You're exactly right. And for some reason, that makes me feel wrong. I guess. Well, it was lovely to meet you. Thank you so Thank much you. for being here. Thank you. Purell. Purell? Purell. <laughs> oh, my God, you actually have it. I don't want it. <laughs> Big Little Lies premieres Sunday on HBO. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.